Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the November 25th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is your Black Friday edition of the of the show. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. A day late. Hopefully not a dollar short. I'm Chris, and with me always, as always, is John. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? I am doing fabulous. That was quite a slate of games yesterday. It was. It was packed edge to edge, was it not? Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, we'll talk about that. But before we do, listeners, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the podcast by tapping that subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app, the one that you're using right now to listen to us probably has one there. You just hit it and away you go. Uh, that would be great. Also, uh, we, we are over on the Twitter thing, uh, at Um Yeah Sports. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we post. You can follow us. You can get news and information that's happening out there in the sports world um, to your Twitter feed. And then uh, we've got a website, too, right? Yep. What's the address for that? Um, yeah, sports.com. There you go. And that's where you can go to get your sports news and information all day long. It's curated uh, from like local sites, social media, bring it all together. No ads. It doesn't cost anything. Go check that out, too. All right. We've got stuff to talk about, do we not? We do. All right. Thanksgiving Day. Uh, those were some games. Mm-hmm. We had some good matchups, actually, from a you know co- competition perspective between the Vikings game uh, last night and the uh, the Cowboys uh, the Cowboys game earlier in the day. Those those games are are uh, it was Cowboys Giants, right? Yeah, Cowboys Giants. And the Cowboys came out on top. Yep. And then we had uh, the Vikings against the Patriots. The Patriots, and man, that was a back and forth one. Oh yeah. And uh, ultimately, the Vikings I think came out on top. They did. And uh, end there. So they carry on marching forward. So, what like, you think? Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, a lot of those games were very entertaining to watch. Um, I watched mostly the the uh, Detroit game and then also the Giants-Cowboys game. Yeah, so Detroit played the Bills. The Bills. And actually, it was a lot closer. That was like down to the end, and it was a, a very relieved uh, Josh Allen there yes. at, the, at the end with Stefan Diggs <laughs> in an embrace on the sidelines. Yeah, the kicker almost missed the field goal. I mean, that thing squeaked into the, it was pretty into close. the goal post there. But yeah, that game was good. I think for a large portion of it, Detroit played defensively how they were supposed to play. I mean, Stefan Diggs, until like the third quarter or so, had 12 yards on three completions. So he really wasn't able to do much. The, they stopped the run game. They did everything they had to do, uh, except some very uh, big plays that the Bills were able to put on them. Uh, that were very rare, but unfortunately those are the plays that cost in the game, namely the play to Stefan Diggs down the seam, which ended up getting them into field goal range with like 29 seconds left or whatever. And then also the one where they got the touchdown, I think it was right before halftime, maybe it was after halftime, uh, that also kind of sank their boat a little bit. But I think this Detroit team with a record of 4-7 and seven, doesn't really match the team that they are. I think they've been playing really well. I think they you know, have been playing as well as they could. I think that this running game is... I think one of the best one-two punch that you've got in Swift mm-hmm. and Williams um, being able to get into the end zone, that's really where mo- most of their points have coming th- come from, oh, mostly Williams. He's been able to get into the end zone quite a bit. And then with the wide receiver room, which isn't stacked, but it's you know serviceable. And then defensively, they've been playing really well as well. But the biggest thing that, that people probably took away from this is the whole Von Miller injury, which could be season-ending, and it could also be a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So no one really knows where that stands. We'll update on Miss Sports as that comes along, but that's a pretty big loss for this Bills team. 
because Von Miller obviously is a difference maker no matter where you put him. But I think the uh, the Lions played exactly how you'd want them to play. This, these wide receivers for this Bills team are so fast, so speedy, that it's nearly impossible to keep up with them for a full 60 minutes of game. Uh, with injuries, with fatigue. We saw that a lot as we went down the slates of the Giants games and the Vikings games, just fatigue that just got these guys off the field. And mostly the Giants game, but um, with these Lions team, it's kind of hard to keep up with this Bills team, and that's when it ended up getting them. But then also with the Cowboys and the Giants game, which, I mean, that could I I called the last two games a, you know, a coin toss because yeah. the Cowboys just came off smoking the um, – the who did the Cowboys just beat? Uh, the Vikings, right? So they just came off. Vikings. The Vikings, we know, are not not too bad. The Vikings aren't a bad team, no. no. I think. Uh, so the Cowboys just came off smoking them, and then the Giants came off a loss to the Lions, obviously last week. So coming in, I was like, you know, I could go either way. And honestly, for the large portion of the game, the large portion of the first half, it was really close. Uh, with the Cowboys actually playing significantly worse than the Giants, interceptions from Dak Prescott. The inability of the pass rush to get home on Daniel Jones and the play calling from the Giants actually looked better in the first half than it did in the second half. And I'll explain in a second. But with this in the first half of that game, Dak Prescott just was not in control of where he was throwing the football. He was not reading the defensive correctly. And with the running game, I think they're using Ezekiel Elliott too much. I think he is a great, you know, third down and medium, third down and short fourth down and one, like getting the ball in those short yardage situations where you have to pound the ball into the defense and you have to get those tough yards. He's perfect for that. Touchdowns uh, within within the, uh, within five yards of the end zone, trying to get those you know hard-fought uh, yards. That's when he's really good. But Pollard is so good at these just any down. He can He's just your every down guy that could be using the same down distance as Ezekiel is using, but Ezekiel has been making his money off that ability. With Tony Pollard, you can use him a little more of getting it into space, pass catching, stuff like that. But with Ezekiel, they're trying to use him, I think, a little too much. And I think they're not using them in the correct ways all of the time. Not Granted, they have done a pretty decent job of that, but I think they can use them in a little bit better way. But the biggest difference between the first and the second half of that game was Dak Prescott taking care of the football where he was throwing it, making sure he was on target, on time. CeeDee Lamb, obviously, is a cheat code. I mean, he's able to catch anything that's thrown yep. at him. Uh, and also Daniel Jones in the second half. The play calls went from 15 yards, 20-yard passes, down to four-yard passes right in front of Daniel Jones. And he was just dumping him off, dumping off. The Then what happened was because pass rushing was cut, getting home to Daniel Jones, it was also doing a really good job of pointing around the football to whoever caught it and bring him down. Therefore, there was a big stalling drives. And in like, I think in the full second half, right in the, in the middle of the fourth quarter or so, they only had like 60 yards of total offense and like three first downs because of how short the play calls were that they were calling. And that gave the Dallas Cowboys opportunities to get to Daniel Jones. It gave him opportunities to get to the... Uh, the um, the wide receiver, the running back, whoever's the ball, and stop him. Now, ideally, you would want to run that defense because you want to make sure that the pass rusher isn't getting home to your quarterback, so you want to get out of the ball the uh, the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. But the thing was, this Dallas defense is super good, and it has been over the last few seasons, and they are just playing at a really top-notch level, and that's what we saw last night. And then once that happened, the defense played better, and Dak Prescott took care of the ball. Uh, and because the Giants were forced into a situation that wasn't working, no matter what they were thrown at the Dallas defense, everything just went downhill for the Giants, and then end up, and then end, uh, the the Cowboys were able to do what they needed to do, and it ended up winning that game. So I think both the like both those teams are legit, but you know if they played in the in the playoffs, um, or who would go farther in the playoffs, I would say right now that's the Cowboys. This defense with Micah Parsons with 
uh, digs on the outside. It, it's just they, they can't really be stopped where they're at right now, no matter how hard you try to block them, no matter how hard, <laughs> how hard you try to get past these guys. They just have the right pieces. And then offensively, like I mentioned, they have CeeDee Lamb. They've got Gallup. they got Ezekiel. they got Pollard. they got a good offensive line. they got Dak Prescott. That's a really good NFC team. And if you put both those teams into that gauntlet, yeah, they got Justin Jefferson and the, uh, and you got Patrick Peterson and you got uh, Zedarius Smith. You got a couple of good defensive guys if you're the Vikings. But I just say this Cowboys team is much better. And I kind of fear for this Dallas Cowboys team as things go along, especially if Dan Quinn decides, okay, now it's time to pursue a head coaching job again. And I want that. What is this team going to look like? Because he's done a great job since he's gotten that building of turning around this defense into a really powerful defense into one that's really dominated and one that's the best in the entire National Football League at this point. So I think that's going to really, you know, shape where this is going. But right now, things stay where there's at and Dak Prescott stays healthy and Ezekiel stays healthy and Pollard stays healthy and they stay where they're going. I think they're in good shape. And then there's also the possibility of OBJ going there as well. But yeah, I think that that's kind of where that where these games end up but it was fun to watch because the Giants game and the Cowboys game was decent for a vast majority of it until things got out of hand the the um the Bills Detroit game was down to last second and so was the Vikings game at the end of the day where they were going back and forth like you said but at the end of the day only thing that cost the Patriots were I mean a bad special teams cost them down the stretch couldn't get anything going running into the kicker fumbling a uh, fumbling a kick return, which they ended up getting back on top of, but you, you punt return. And then also getting a botched kick that only went like 30 yards, which all set up for their <laughs> for their eventual loss. But yeah. Matt Jones at the end of that game was very upset yeah. uh, at the way it turned out. I mean, at that last second when they did that last Hail Mary at the end of the game, they threw it. He only missed him by like a few yards, and they were able to get back into the game, maybe even get that game winner to get um, to tidy up or either win that game. But all of them were really well done. Everything was, you know, exactly what you want for thanksgiving and uh, it was a lot of fun to watch indeed indeed it was all right so that dallas giants game was sort of billed as the uh, obj bowl who would obj go to because those are two of the teams that i suppose are still in the running in the obj sweepstakes uh so what do, what do we think we learned on that front have we learned anything new in the last 24 hours in terms of where obj will play some portion of this season. Yeah, it sounds so he yesterday it broke that he's going to be meeting with the Giants and the Cowboys uh, in December. He wants to be signed in the next few weeks. He's talking about the Chiefs and the Ravens as well. But uh, the only two teams that are really being talked about right now are the Cowboys uh, and the Giants, which is kind of where we've been at. But once the meetings happen, everything like that. But the thing that really sh- the, that Cowboys and that, that Giants game showed me is the Cowboys do not need OBJ. But if they get OBJ, they're a force. The Giants actually need OBJ to, A, open up the run game for Saquon Barkley to get things happening a little bit in the run game because right now they don't have that one player that can dominate. Like, they've got a few pieces that you saw made a couple good plays and some run game that opened up every now and again, but it was just a domination by the Cowboys. Now, you put OBJ on that roster, OBJ can make the difficult catches. He can open up the box. He has to be double-teamed more often than not, that opens all the other guys on the perimeter that you have. Now, obviously, you also got rid of um, Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs, who's been dealing with injuries, but, you you know, that's a speedster that you had, so then that opens up even more of a need for him to come fill. So if he does that, then this Giants team, I think, can refine its footing a little bit. I think they need to give a good offer to him 
give him multiple years because this team with that head coach, Daniel Jones is kind of coming into his own a little bit. Didn't throw any interceptions. Obviously didn't have any touchdowns either, but that's also a testament to how good the Dallas played against them. And then also Saquon Barkley will greatly benefit from that with the, you know, with the contract at the end of the season. So he has him to go somewhere else. And this Giants organization will vastly improve because they'll be able to keep Saquon Barkley. So if you're looking at those two teams, which team actually needs them? It's the Giants because the Cowboys have absolutely no need for him. You know, CeeDee Lamb, Gallup, I, I mean, we talked about all these pieces that they already have. You had OBJ there. I mean, the, how are you supposed to guard that team? You can't play man against them because one of those guys is going to become open, maybe even multiple. You can't play zone because at that point, they're just going to find those little gaps and they're going to sit in there and, and they got speed to make guys miss on the edge. So then you kind of are stuck in this situation where you, the running game is one of the best in the National Football League. And at that point, the wide receiver core would be one of the best in the National Football League. So if you're looking at it from the perspective of who needs him, the Giants. But if you're looking at it from the perspective of who will OBJ want to play for, you got to look at the Giant or the Cowboys uh, because this Cowboys team is obviously in the perfect position. Now, the only thing that I don't know is that Jerry Jones is obviously talking in a different way than he's talked about anyone else that's become a, that's been a rumor. Von Miller was a rumor. You didn't hear anything about that. Um, I was close to getting a job there. Things fell off. Can Jerry Jones actually afford OBJ? And can they get into this race of having to pay him a ridiculous sum of money? And will they be able to actually give him what he wants as a long-term situation? And based off everything that we've seen and the fact they don't have much cap space, I think what I saw was like $20 million in cap space, which is a decent amount. But I think there's other teams that can offer him a legitimate good sum of money. And I think the Giants need to be in that running. Now, also, the team that I'd like to see him go to, which is a third category, which actually doesn't matter at all. But, you know, I think the Ravens, where he should go. I think a Lamar Jackson uh, OBJ connection, that would be so much fun to watch. I think that's a dark horse candidate. Okay. I think that's one of the teams that is kind of sitting on the fringe of possibly getting into the playoffs as possibly making a good run for the Super Bowl. But I think you put OBJ in there, you put him in a Ravens uniform with that offense. I think they can actually be a dark horse candidate to get to the Super Bowl. So that's where I want to see him go. Okay. Who actually won the Diggs Jefferson trade? Yeah, that's that's an interesting situation because, um, you know, Stefan Diggs was traded before the 2020, 2020 draft or 2020, yeah, 2020 draft, to the Minnesota Vikings for the 2022nd pick. Mm -hmm. So that pick was used on Justin Jefferson. Yep. Stephon Diggs went to the Bills. Okay, so that's the trade. That's the trade. Okay. Now you look up and, you know, Justin Jefferson has more um, 100-yard games in the first three seasons than both OBJ and Randy Moss have had, which are the two leaders. Now, would you think, though, that, like, they may not have, have drafted him? Who? Jefferson. Oh, the Bills, you mean? Mm -hmm. If they hadn't gotten him, I think they would have. I, I think that'd been dumb for them not to. Um, but I think, and also the Rave or the, um, I think it was the, the Eagles that were sitting right in front of the the Vikings who passed up Jefferson and didn't get him. So then they slid to him. But honestly, I think if you look at it, Stefan Diggs versus you know Justin Jefferson. If you can look at that and say you know who won that trade. I mean, that's kind of hard to decide and decipher on, but I kind of think it's a, I think it's Justin Jefferson's that he, I think he wins that. I think his ability, uh, I think the way he's turned this Vikings team around made him really good. His speed, his pass catching, his, his hands, which you can say those are all, you know, Stefan Diggs traits as well. But I think if you ask me if I 
you know, like if you had to pick one of these two guys to build a franchise around, I go Justin Jefferson. He just has that edge around him. He has that ability. He has that um, aggressive nature. He has just the wow factor to him. I think he has everything that you would want from from a guy. And I, if I had to make that trade over again, I, I kind of feel like, and as much as you know, Stefan Diggs has done for the Bills, helped him around, helped him kind of get things going, helped him get into the playoffs a little bit. He hasn't done, you know, what I expect. I, I think a lot of people want him to do more. I think that people want to get get all the way to the Super Bowl. If you're a Bills fan, I don't know if as a Bills management, as a Bills owner, as a Bills GM, as a Bills head coach, would I be fresh? We don't have Stefan Diggs in a Bills uniform, and if we did, what would these two teams look like? Would Stefan Diggs be able to do enough? to make the Vikings where they're at now and would Justin Jefferson actually help the bills in a different way. Uh, and I think it's just, if you look at all the variables, I think a lot of people call this a fair trade. And I think it's a fair trade by as fair as a trade can get. But I think in a lot of ways, I think if you put Justin Jefferson on either of these teams, he's a difference maker. But if you put Stefan Diggs still on this bills team or on this, on this Vikings team, where would everything be at, at that point? Uh, I just, I don't know. I think at this point, where we're at right now, I think Justin Jefferson's making a bigger splash. I think he's making bigger plays. I think he's doing more for his team than Stefan Diggs is. I think Stefan Diggs, you can shut Stefan Diggs down. And when you do so, it just kind of collapses this Bills team. But you almost can't shut Justin Jefferson down. No matter if you have him perfectly defended, he can still make the catch, make the play, shake us off, do everything he can with Stefan Diggs at least in recent memory, you know, he's been struggling with that a little bit. Now, granted, he's also been in the league a little longer, so he's also a little bit older, a little bit more of a veteran, maybe a little bit slower. But I say right now, if I had to pick one of the two guys, I would go with Justin Jefferson just because I think his upside is a lot higher than Stefan Diggs. Okay, there you go. Uh, so apparently there's a trivia question today. Yeah, Friday trivia question. Okay. This is a Thanksgiving one. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving trivia. Thanksgiving was yesterday. Uh, it was, it and was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of turkey, a lot of ham, a lot of... You know, good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Stuffing, potatoes, you know, the deal. So this question might not be the hardest trivia question we've ever had, but okay. Thanksgiving anyway. Yep, if I remember um, right, my, it's been a little while since we've done a trivia question. Yeah, we did it a few weeks ago, but I think that was with Reagan. So yeah, it wasn't with me. It wasn't with you. So the question is, you know, who has played the most Thanksgiving games? Okay. Now there's multiple options here. You could okay. go with the Cowboys, obviously. Okay. You could go with the Packers. You could go with the Lions. Yeah. But do you know the answer? Uh, between those are the three teams. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, th- those. So I'm gonna rule out the Packers because I don't think that they're like a a must-have th- Thanksgiving Day team. I think that's the Detroit Lions. They are always on Thanksgiving. Um, and I think the Cowboys also play frequently, but I don't know if they're like a must-have Thanksgiving tradition or for how long they've been. I'm going to go Detroit Lions. That is correct. All right. Uh, from what I've seen, they've played every single Thanksgiving game. Okay. Yeah, They're I know. The it's most a... popular Thanksgiving team. I think that they, yeah, it's like part of part of so being Thanksgiving Detroit Lions. Lions are just put together. Yep. There you go. Turkey legs, John Madden, and Detroit Lions. <laughs> awesome. All right, listeners, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We will catch you on Monday. Have a fabulous weekend. Stay 